What's the deal, people? It's your boy, the one and only, your host that do the most, Mr. Viral himself, aka the villain, because they hate me for my opinion. Welcome back to another episode of the Viral Way Podcast. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe to the channel. As always, I got my boys in the building. I got bro in the building. Who we got over here? Man, y'all already know what time it is. We we stepping in the room. We even got to say our names no more. Y'all better get with the movement or get lost. And we here to lead the way. Easy call. Yes, sir. It's disorderly conduct. Like Messiah said, we're going to lead the way. Every time we speak, it's unique. Okay, yeah, my I'm boy Kenny with the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Hey, get the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro, had to go get the slogan real quick. He said, hold on. Yeah, put some ass on him. Yeah. that game on him, man. <laughs> hey, look, it's a lot going on, man. And, you know, just being podcasters, we definitely had to touch on this. Joe Budden made the news once again. He was criticizing YB, not even his album, just him as an artist, period. And I, I, I caught it because I seen... Baby respond to it, baby from Cash Money, like, hey, this ain't something you want to play with. You better watch yourself. He basically was saying that young boy is trash. Like, mm -hmm. he just flat out was like, he's garbage all the way around the board. Like, it, it was damn near like he had something against him to me because it really wasn't constructive criticism. Now, young boy, I don't got too much of his stuff in my place, but some of, some of his shit bang. Like, my son be putting me on a lot of young boy shit. So to say he's downright trash is kind of, it's crazy to me. He may not be your cup of tea because, you know, Joe, oh, he from the old school. He bar for bar. Yeah. You feel me? Well, you <laughs> got to be MC, MC. Yeah. So I know a lot of this new wave stuff he can't get with because I can't get with a lot of it. But I didn't really want to so much make it about Joe Budden. It's more so about podcasters being able to give their opinion without getting threatened or, you know, people feeling some type of way and feeling like they want to do harm. To podcasters for giving their opinion, you got to realize this is a podcaster's job. Once you become in the limelight as a musician, as an actor, as an athlete, as anything, you will open yourself up to criticism. That's that's the other side of the coin. One side, you got the fame, you got the notoriety, the people love you. But on the other side, you got the critics. And if a podcaster is real and keeping it 100, ain't no favoritism in this shit. We, if your shit trash, it's trash. We're going to tell you. If your shit hot, it's hot. We're going to tell you straight, straight up. That's at least how we doing it. Mm -hmm. But as a podcaster myself, <laughs> y'all niggas come at, uh, come at us with that shit. Hey, we, what they say? We standing on business. <laughs> like T.I. Sun just said, we standing on business. You feel me? Because there's no way you're going to put an album out. We're going to get up here and say, oh, yeah, you know, this was hot, but track number 10 was kind of trash. And you're going to go on the internet talking about, man, I'm going to kill you and Wooty Bam. Yeah, okay, well, now it goes back to that aggressive intelligence that just went viral from the last video. Now we got to show y'all where we come from, and we can still tap into that. Don't get it fucked up with this intelligent talk and this raise your vibration shit like a nigga can't still step into that lane. So I want to get how y'all feel about that as far as, you know, just critiquing and getting threats for it. I see. I 
it's the same shit with me sometimes. I don't take too much of that industry shit too serious because we. I don't know if it's always for what we're doing now to get attention, to get views, or is it really like they feel some type of way about Joey? Now, he be doing a, he be saying a lot of slick shit to people, so people just don't like her in general. So it might be just different shots to him more so than it does about what he said about YB. Now, I don't know if you know if you said YB music is trash or you said an album is trash. Depending on whichever way he took it, somebody else could take it the wrong way. But even at the even at the same time, what did Baby just do? To act like, with, with the academics, nigga, they act like they had a whole little thing going on. I don't know if you know if that was real or fake. You oh, know what like, I'm talking like, about? Oh, acting like he took his chain yeah, out the Then they did the FaceTime call. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I see shit like that, it's like, man, cause like I don't even know how to take that shit serious. So I don't take it too much to the heart. It might be views for both of them niggas. So that's my take on that. No, that's a fact. I think podcasters should be able to say what the fuck they want um, without getting threatened or some shit like niggas finna come knock your door down or something just because you said somebody's music is trash. Um, another thing, though, like, because I was watching a, a, a Yachty. Yachty got a podcast, and he was on there with J. Cole, and J. Cole was saying, like, exactly like you said, once you become a musician or you're in some type of, you know, craft, you're going to open yourself up for for critique. And really... It wouldn't be what it is without the critique. Like, we need the people to critique the music, to write stories about it, you know what I mean, to have conversations about it. Otherwise, it's just music that's getting put out. And y'all niggas love when somebody saying something positive about it, so you got to be able to accept when somebody's saying something negative about it, too. Like, I just don't think it should go to the point where, like I said, people are threatening you if you have an opinion. Because, exactly, that's going to influence people to, what, tuck their tail? I mean, I'm not going to tuck my tail, but I know it's going to influence some people to be like, man, let me not say something in fear of having a run-in with somebody in the street or whatever the case is. But if somebody not harming your family, man, or you feel me, actually in your face, invading your space, it's no reason to really like take it that route because somebody said, oh, I don't like your music. And however way they said it, like that's how I look at it. Joe Budden, lately he been on a bad energy road where like he been offending a lot of people and, you know, he got ran up on, um... You got the thing with Cameron. Like, he just kind of, he going viral lately for for saying shit that I feel like he not really thinking about too much. Because a lot mm. of this shit comes at the end of the show. He just looking on his phone, and he just say something without really thinking. And with his platform, like, you a little bit too prominent to just be saying whatever without no real critique. Like, you just saying something is trash. You're not even giving us a reason as to why or breaking it down. Like, you got too big of a platform. So I think that's the problem with him that people are having. But... Regardless, you should be able to say what the fuck you want. Yeah, my, my thing with the podcasters is y'all got to start standing on business. Y'all got to start standing on y'all square. Y'all got to start keeping y'all 10 toes down. Stop acting like y'all scared of these niggas. Well, a lot of y'all probably is. But for the ones who <laughs> claiming to be real ones, stop apologizing so much. It's like I done seen... And I'm a Joe Budden fan, so this ain't no hate to Joe. I grew up on Joe Mute, the Mood Musics. All that, the whole mixtape catalog I still listen to till this day. Classics. But as a podcaster, I don't be liking a lot of shit bro be doing because it's like, okay, if you're going to critique, critique all the way and keep that shit even across the board. Like when the Diddy shit happened, he went and did the episode and didn't put it out because you got business relationship. Okay, if if you my mans in real life, you should know, hey, did this my lane, this my job. This ain't personal. Because mm -hmm. if you the homie and your shit trash, I'm going to let it be known. <laughs> it ain't like I'm hating on you. Mm -hmm. it, it's real 100. So the fact that you finna say, why be trash, this and that, 
and you're going to critique everybody else in the industry, but when it comes to your, your personal relationships in real life or Diddy might got influence over your network or mm -hmm. he might pull some strings and fuck what you got going off, you're going to not critique what he got going on. Yeah. Like, that's the shit I don't like. But as far as apologizing for my personal opinion, that's out. I'm letting you know right now on Crip Street, y'all gonna take me back there. That's out. <laughs> 21st Street, 23rd Street, all that. If you know, you know. That's all the way out. This shit is business. This ain't personal. We don't know you niggas. We ain't friends with you niggas. And if we is friends with y'all niggas, you know it ain't no ill intent in what's being said. We keeping it 100. All the way real, all the way raw. That That's the, the name of the game. That's how you keep the game pure. Because too many times... These artists drop trash and because they y'all friends, y'all hype it up. So now the next artist like, oh shit, they booming. Now they go do the same thing. Now they dropping trash. Now the whole game trash. You see rappers on the decline because ain't nobody keeping it real. If it's trash, it's trash. If it's hot, it's hot. Unapologetically. But you rap niggas, stop acting like y'all the toughest niggas in the world. Every nigga that's a podcaster ain't a buster because that's a stereotype. Oh, you a blogger. You a this or that. Niggas bloggers with bodies and all type of shit. These niggas is trying to get out of doing that shit and trying to change their lane to do some positive shit. But don't think because a nigga in front of a camera, you finna play with a nigga. You're behind the mic. Yeah. You shoot music videos. You're doing the same thing in a different lane. You need the bloggers to boost your career. The bloggers, we don't even really need y'all. We can talk about organic shit. You damn near need the bloggers and the podcasters more than we need y'all because music, music videos is over. Ain't no more 106 in Park. Ain't no more MTV. What they had, the MTV Jams. Like, that yeah. shit over. The only time we hearing about y'all niggas is on the podcast from the broadcasters. So y'all niggas better start showing respect because if niggas just come in here and start talking about organic topics and not y'all, y'all going to fade to black. Decline. Fuck is you talking about? Stop playing with niggas. <clears throat> I want to say one thing. It ain't, it's, it's a little off, but I embrace the criticism because I feel like criticism... criticism can take you further about reevaluating yourself, depending on whether mm -hmm. if you're able to dissect it, it's true or not about yourself. So if you know yourself, certain criticism shouldn't affect you. And learn how to detach from other people's opinions. So be sure in yourself and define who you are as yourself. But the criticism can let you know what you need to work on about yourself. If 10 people are saying the same thing about you nine times out of 10, it might be something you need to work on to get you ahead of where you at in life or just where you at as a person. So criticism shouldn't be taken as always ill will. Now, you know the difference between the trollers and the niggas that's just giving a genuine opinion. Everybody got something to say about somebody. So like I said, it just depends how you take it. I like, I like that you said criticism because it's two sides of the same coin. You got to take the criticism the same way you take the praise mm -hmm. and the compliments. The same way a flower needs sunshine and rain to grow. You cannot grow without criticism. Because that leads to a false sense of reality. You, you need somebody that's going to keep it real when the yes man just going to lie to you just to be around, just to hang around. You I, I need bro around like, nah, bro, you was wilding on that episode. Or nah, bro, that was some bullshit. I don't need everybody like, oh, yeah, you saying the greatest shit ever if I'm not. Let me know when I'm saying some dumb ass shit so I can check myself like, okay, cool. Let me tighten my game up. But yeah. No, that's a fact. And I think, like you said, you got to be able to detach from criticism. And like, again... You're in the business of getting reviewed. So you niggas, like I said, hitting people up. I don't think you want to do that. 
and you know threatening dudes over saying somebody's music is trash to me that only shows how like personal you're taking it it's really not even a personal attack it's an attack on on the craft it's not an attack on you and i get it that's how you eat but you putting too much stock in what other people say at the end of the day it's a critique keep doing what you do but once you start getting personal and telling people you're gonna pull up and this this and that because they're critiquing a song or you as an artist that's when you're losing. You look really sensitive. You, you, To me, personally, you look sensitive as hell. And it's like, come on, bro. That's what you got in it for. Like you said, you got in it for the good shit. Got to take the good with the bad. And let me say this. we This is the entertainment industry. Keep that shit entertainment. I'm seeing a lot of street shit spilling over into this lane. Shout out community. Shout out AD and the boys over there. You feel me? I like what they doing. I like what they representing. But I didn't like... The whole Desto mm. Dub shit, right? Now, I ain't jumping into nobody else's business, but we talked about this plenty time, plenty of times. You got the puppet master over here using niggas to antagonize other niggas, and then at the bottom, the niggas is clashing. And this shit almost spilled out into some street shit because they ran down on Desto Dub. Well, they ain't really run down on him. They seen him at Sexy Red concert, and then they hollered, they was trying to holler at him. He wound up getting on. Yeah. Cause he didn't know which way they was finna take it. But it was over him laughing about what dude was saying about them. So he wasn't really even talking shit. He just was more so laughing about it. But because he's outside and dude not, niggas like, okay, you finna get it for what your boss is saying. That's the shit we gotta eliminate. This this, this shit is entertainment. And if you got an issue with one person, address that person. Because now they're they not going to want to do business with niggas when they see shit like that. So when these bigger labels and these bigger people that's that's offering these endorsements and shit, they see shit like that, like, oh, I can't endorse that. These niggas don't know how to leave the street shit alone. It's cool for the rappers because that shit sales. Yeah. But who's going to want to come to your studio do an interview if they're afraid of getting shot? Like, I just seen they interview Greedo. He went up there. Shout out 03 Greedo, too. You feel me? He went up there and he pressed him about it. Like, mm -hmm. hey, Desto, my boy. He not even like that. And, and he not even like that. But he let it be known, like, hey, if y'all touch him, it's up. Mm -hmm. I got I got the hood behind me on, on G.O. Woo, woo, you know, even great. So it's like that easily could have turned into something. That could have ignited another war on the streets. And they hoods get along. The Hoovers <laughs> and the Grapes and the, uh, where, I forget where Smack from. But they all get along. They, they good. But that could have turned into something behind a non-affiliate, really behind a white boy that's playing with the culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to stop letting these niggas use us against us. They've been doing that since the beginning of time. The Willie Lynch theory. Niggas got to start waking up. It's cool for the clicks and the views, but when somebody get their ass shot over this shit, it ain't cool no more. Because your homies in the hood don't do podcasts. You do. You're going to get paid when the views go. But they the ones that's going to be on the front line sliding. No, that's a fact. That's how I look at it. Desto Dub not even like that. I feel like, what do you get out of pressing somebody's line who's just regular. Like I, I don't think that that was, you know, and again, I understand to a certain degree where, where niggas was coming from because it's like, we can't get that old boy, so we're going to get at something that, you know, is attached to him. You were there, so it looked like you was okay with what was being said, so we're going to get at you, but at the end of the day, you don't get nothing from that. That's like that's like running up on, you know what I mean, academics or somebody. It's like, yeah, he talking, and he, des he probably deserved it more, but I'm just saying it's like, what do you get out of of pressing somebody like that, like it, it's no, it's no credibility to it. Yeah, man, keep this shit entertainment. All right, I want to discuss attachments and domestications. Now, most conflicts 
in society happen due to attachments and domestications. You don't know what domestication is. That's we're all domesticated. Basically, it's things that you're taught that becomes a part of your lifestyle, which eventually becomes you. So say your parents teach you, hey, you need to do the di- you need to clean your plate after you eat. They tell you over and over and over and over till it becomes locked in your brain. Now that's a part of you. So when you grow up, naturally, after you eat, you're going to clean the table. Or, hey, when you wake up, you need to make your bed. Naturally, they tell you over and over, it becomes a part of you. And attachments, we only think about material attachments. But the biggest attachments is mental. You know what I'm saying? Like Most of the content that's controversial is because people feel like you're attacking them when you speak on their attachments, things they were domesticated to. Like last episode, we talked about us not wearing jerseys. And... They damn near was ready to kill us over saying we don't want to wear sports jerseys. That's an attachment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sports is a perfect example. Say you're a football fan, but you just casually like the game. You don't have a favorite team. You can watch any team, two teams play, and no matter who loses, you're good. The rest of your day is good. You don't take that loss with you. Like, okay, cool, that was a good game. I go on about my day. But the second you add an attachment to it, okay, this is my favorite team, them losing can dictate how the rest of your night go. Your team get blown out or your team get kicked out the playoffs. Now you mad. You don't want to play with your kids. You don't want to talk to you yelling at your wife. This shit causing problems at work. You don't want to do your job. Like this shit's serious for a lot of people. More extreme than that. That's why we see the fights and shit at the damn at the at the stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not even on the team. You in, you in the crowd squabbling up. They, don't even, they don't even know you exist. Yeah, they don't know you exist. But it's due to attachments so it's impossible not to be domesticated you have to be taught by somebody to learn what you know but the thing about growing is you got to know when to let go of certain domestications when to let go of certain attachments so how y'all feel about this no i think that's a fact i think we are and that's why you see people get so offended at things um because they are attached to it and once you're super attached to something like that you obviously feel like it's right but um, and I was just talking about that too within within the community and our spending habits of how like that's an attachment. We don't ever want to hear that we got bad spending habits, so we're not able to manage our money correct. We start, you know what I mean, calling people names and saying they're anti-black or whatever the case is when they say, "Hey man, this is what we need to face this music and we need to get better," because we're so attached to the way of living and how we live our life and how we spend our money or how we interact with women, whatever. As soon as you get told something, your first re- you know what I mean your first reaction is to to get offended and then lash out instead of being like, hold on. Kind of like what you said about the criticism, like, wait, let me take a step back. Okay. And let me listen to it without the emotion involved. And you could probably learn and grow from it, but we'd be so attached to the wrong things too. Like that don't be the truth. You get what I'm saying? And then that's how we react to it. So I think um, it's a lot of attachments we could get rid of, you know what I mean? And we can build attachments to the positive things and to things that are going to help us grow, but it take work. Yeah, like you said, um, I agree with both of y'all saying, and it do take work. I'm not gonna lie with the football thing, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm big on. I ain't gonna say I'm too big on sports as I used to be, but I do have my moments. Like, like the Niners. I'm an Eagle fan. They just spanked us or whatever the case was, and I was feeling some type of way. My homie called me talking shit, <laughs> and in that moment, I'm hella attached. But I had to recognize and be aware. Like once the game is over, to detach from that. You get what I'm saying? So I might be. I might be all into it while the game is going on, but once it's over, it's over. Like, I can't keep no emotion attached to that. So it's more so 
practicing attachments, but I'm bigger on applying now later in life of practicing detachment because the more I detach from things, the less they affect me. And I stop worrying about the outcomes and shit. So if I'm not worried about the outcome of this game, being detached from that will not bother me as if I was attached and then they lose and I'm still feeling some type of way about it. And detached in everything when it comes to relationships, when it comes to just things in life of whatever we doing. If I'm not detached to the outcome of what we're doing right now and just enjoying the moment of what we're doing, it's not going to affect me when I when we do put the episode out and we don't get 100 million views versus just, oh, another day we might want 10,000. So I think practicing detachment is, is just enough important as learning what you are attached to. No, not only that, you got niggas that's wearing the jerseys in the crowd, right? And and y'all more mad that they lost than the niggas that lost. They they out at the club, at the strip club <laughs> later that night. They don't give a fuck. Like, some of you niggas are way too attached to these sports teams as if it's you. I be hearing y'all say, like, we and shit. Like, you're on the squad. You're not on the squad, nigga. Like, at all. You get what I'm saying? So I get it to a certain degree. But at the same time, like, a lot of these niggas be, you feel me, pulling up in the bench, hop out. They got to fit on. They don't care about the game as much as you. Like, that's what you really got to realize. Like, half the team probably don't even really care if they win or lose. So so why should you be there and be that attached to where you get into a fade, you catching fades in the crowd, you you mad for the rest of the day because your team lost. Like they don't give a fuck about you. They don't know you. Yeah. See the thing like, with the thing with domestication and being domesticated, you're given an idea or belief, and then you're punished, disciplined, or corrected when you go against it. So naturally, it's you start to do that to other people, which is what we were getting in a lot of the comments. Like, oh, y'all don't wear jerseys. Let, let, let's punish them. Let's discipline them. Y'all niggas got to like jerseys. Y'all thinking too deep. Maybe you're not thinking deep enough. Or, or, or maybe we just don't give a fuck as much as you do. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I like to say education, you're not educated. You're domesticated. They teach you one way to do things. And if you, you can even be right. But if you go against what they're teaching, the way that they're teaching, you're corrected. Like history, they're going to teach you a bunch of lies. You come with a bunch of truth. You're going to be corrected in class. What you're saying can be factual, but you're going to get an F on that paper if you don't write them lies that they give you to them answers, even if it's the right answer. That's domestication. And that goes with everything in life, from what you teach your kids, from the way you enter your relationships. Like, like let's say a relationship with your wife. You want to go have guy time. Hey, Sundays, we're going to watch the game. Now, all of a sudden, she don't want to have sex with you. So that's her way of punishing you to, to show you, hey, Sundays, you better be with me. You go with them, I ain't giving you no pussy. It's over with. I'm ignoring you, cold shoulder, all that. So next time your boys call you, hey, man, let's go watch the game. Uh, Now you kind of hesitate. Now that's causing a divide in the household due to the, her trying to domesticate you to be the way she wants you to be. So you got to realize how this shit works. We never think about it. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, whoever was in charge of you, you just thought they was right. Mm -hmm. This is why I always ask every episode, how often do you challenge your belief system? Because it's so fucking important. As you gain new knowledge, you need to sit down and reanalyze the old knowledge you had because that system might be outdated. You might need an update. How often do your fucking phone update? All the time. How often do your computer update? All the time. How often do people update? Almost never. Yeah. Almost never. You take the things you were taught as a child and you live the rest of your life with them rules. This is why a lot of street niggas have a problem with the way I speak, not knowing, nigga, I was a street nigga. I, I came doing the same shit you was doing, probably worse than you. You know what I'm saying? But 
I had to sit down and reanalyze. Hey, this shit ain't making sense at my age now. It was cool then, but to still be doing it now with a family, you look dumb as fuck. It don't make sense. It, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to stay attached for the rest of your life to something. You can detach. Like bro just said, detachment is the most important part of life because that allows you to grow. And that's a fact. And that's and domestication is also a reason why you see a lot of generational curses. Because you doing something how your daddy was doing it or your mama was doing it. And so you just continue the same thing they did. Y'all go to church here. Y'all believe in this. Y'all vote for this. Okay, that's what we do too. And it's low-key muscle memory. That's how good domestication is because you learn it from a young age to when you're finally adult, you're doing things and you're acting. A lot of times you'll do some shit like, damn, my mom used to do that or damn, my dad used to do that. And that's when you got to realize at that moment, you got to have that outer body experience and be like, okay, was that positive? Is that a positive thing that I took from them or is it negative? If it's negative, I need to unlearn it and relearn a new way to do it. But that's a, a big reason why you see generational curses because we're doing the same exact thing that our parents was doing without even knowing it and the little moments that we do wake up and see it we like well that's what i was taught you know what i mean i didn't end up that bad so let me keep it going you get what i'm saying the same thing with the emergence of social media um i feel like that's when the domestication started to break some because now you have content creators podcasters spitting knowledge that's not necessarily something that we heard our whole entire lives but now schools are requiring media literacy which is they're going to teach kids what articles pretty much are, are right and which articles are wrong. Mm. So at this point in time, now when you got somebody who maybe is unverified on the gram or Twitter or whatever, and they might be coming with some facts on a situation, kids are going to be domesticated to say, oh, he doesn't have a blue check. Oh, he doesn't have a certain whatever it is on his social media, media literacy training. Disregard that. But regard this person that, you know what I mean, is obviously feeding you poison and lies. And so that's the new form of domestication that they're doing with the kids is media literacy as well. So it's, it's domestication in all forms. It's crazy. It's crazy because we could take so many angles when it comes to what we're talking about. And I'm starting to understand, in my opinion, I don't think none of us actually begin to live until we stop caring what people think. Half the decisions that we probably want to make we don't make because we worrying about how we go, how people are gonna think about us. People don't chase their dreams because they caring about the criticism and what other people are gonna say about them, or even stepping and being in that forefront. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big attachment to people is recognizing when to let those things go and doing things for yourself. So that's 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 a big thing in my eyes, as far as like I say, being able to recognize and detaching from that. But you yeah. said that perfectly because that lead right into the next topic the power of not giving a fuck. Mm. That is a superpower, like you said, that unlocks new levels in life. When you stop giving a fuck about the opinions of others and stop looking for the validation of others and focus on validating yourself, your, your, your opportunity is limitless because you'll take the risk and the gambles that no one else is willing to take because they're too worried about, well, damn, if I fail, what they're going to say. Well, damn, if I put that on, what they going to say? This ain't the new thing. This ain't in right now. This ain't fashionable right now. They might really like it, but they so worried about society, they won't even buy it or they won't wear it. Or, or this is something that I really want to do, but it ain't cool where I'm from, so I can't do it. People miss out on so many opportunities in life giving a fuck about the opinions of others. Once you stop, new level unlock. You got, you, you got the master key to every door in life. Because you can try, fail. Okay, cool. Let me go try this door. Cool. Let me try. Oh, shit. You done opened the magic door. Now you you done reached unlimited success. 
that this person can reach as well. They're just too afraid of the opinion of others. Like, literally, you literally have to stop giving a fuck. And I had to learn that because coming up, I was real insecure as a kid because I was dark-skinned. It wasn't cool to be dark when I was dark. So when I stepped out the house, I made sure everything was flawless. I made, I made sure I'm brushing my teeth seven times a day. These are a lot of habits I got now where I got like OCD with hygiene because I can't come out and it better not be a drop of ash on me or I'm getting roasted. So I'm, I'm <laughs> piling on lotion, cocoa butter, coconut oil, like everything, making sure my hair cuts straight. I Literally, moms would send us to the store. I got to go shower. I got to put a fresh fit on. Like, I got to be to the T because I had that insecurity in my head of, damn, what they going to say when they see me? I'm already dark. They already talking bad about it, nigga. Once I got over that, nigga, it was unlimited. I'm, I'm pulling bitches left and right. I'm, I'm stunting on niggas now. Like, bro, it's the power of not giving a fuck. No, the power of not giving a fuck is crucial because, for one, you only have one life, right? And shit, it's not a long one. You know what I mean? Well, it's long, but it, it goes fast. You only got one life to live. So you're going to live your life worrying about the opinions of other people. To me, that's no way to live your life. Um, creating content. I had to get over that too. Like, man, people going to you know, think, think of me a certain way if I say this. Or are they going to think I'm cringe because I post this? Who gives a fuck? This is what I'm trying to do. I got to do it 100% or don't do it at all. You get what I'm saying? So not giving a fuck can have you doing something like you said that you really want to do. And you can unlock doors that you're supposed to and reach new heights or it can stop you from following down the same stupid ass tracks that you see other people do like i said a lot of us get into financial situations that we're going to regret because we're trying to prove to prove to other people or look a certain way to other people you go and buy the flashy bands when you don't make enough money because you want to sit there and make it look like you flexing but you're really not you get what i'm saying you 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 want to be out in the club every night but you really but you really want a wife or you really want a nigga but you're not going to find it there. But you're there because that's what people is telling you, you you're cool if you go there. You're weird if you go and you feel me tap into this knowledge or read this book or, or you obsessed with going to the gym or your craft. You feel me? Most people who don't give a fuck, they're the ones that succeed because they're willing to be outliers. You know what I mean? And they're willing to sit in that uncomfortable place and get uncomfortable and not give a fuck what people think. And ultimately, that's going to lead you to, to new heights. Now that don't that don't mean just go, you know what I mean, and just being off the wall and yeah. fucking over your relationships <laughs> and doing all this shit. So don't get the wrong misconception of that. Yeah. Still have respect for people, still still keep things a certain way, but don't allow other opinions to limit the things that you want to do in life. A lot of things, like you said, people might not, you might not want to go to the club tonight, but you got the guilt trip of the homies that make you want to go and do something. And I tell people all the time, respect my no's the same way you respect my yeses. It'd be so easy when I say yes, yes, yes. And then as soon as the niggas say no, I got to be all this other shit now. Like, <laughs> I don't really fuck with you or you don't do this or do that. Like, they'll guilt trip you into doing the shit that you don't want to do. It been a lot of times like that where I probably should have been at house from my I should have been at the house with my bitch. I didn't went somewhere, went to a dice game from the dice game, went to the liquor store from the liquor store, when did all this shit, ran from the police or something. All this <laughs> shit that happened, and the whole time in the back of my mind's like I knew I should have been at the fucking house. You know what I mean? So it just depends though. Like I say, just give a fuck less a little bit, and like you said, a lot of things won't won't affect you. And like I tell all the time that my nieces and my nephews be clowning me. Don't let that bother you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I personally like being. <laughs> the nigga in his own league like I'd rather be the nigga that's saying no when everybody else is saying yes to me I like it that way I don't want to do what you niggas do I don't want to wear what you niggas wear I don't whatever you niggas do I don't want to do it I'm trying to do the opposite 
Like I don't want to be like nobody else but myself. You get what I'm saying? So that's how I that's how I look at it. Cut out on this Max B shit. Whatever you niggas do, I do the other thing. I'm not trying to do that. Shout out to Max B. Shout out to Max B. Hey, free Max, man. Yeah. Free the way. Free the way. Hey, hey, way. Like, like Joe Button say, man, why try to fit in when you can stand out, man? Why try to fit in when you can stand out? Hey, but if I, I don't know if y'all know or not, FUBU is back. <laughs> they add whatever, whoever they got advertising, they shout out to y'all. I need y'all to come advertise for me because they going crazy with the ads right in time for Christmas but the reason I brought that up is because I wanted to discuss black people and when feeling like we have to announce we're black in, in everything that we sell to me that drives off a lot of potential customers now I, I was a FUBU fanatic growing up I had to have the, the fat hour the platinum FUBU you know what I'm saying that was like that was a, a that was a fashion statement. That, that you was like an icon if you had the fat Albert Jean suit, mm. especially if you had the shiny one. <laughs> Nigga, what? You a joint on campus with the shiny jean suit? Hey, bring back shiny jeans too, man. Motherfuckers <laughs> is crazy. But nah, I was reading their comments and they were getting a lot of criticism because they came with the same logo, the same big ass logo. You know, now we in the we in the era of the small logos. Mm -hmm. Logo allowed to be small. Less is more. Less is more. And somebody told him that, like, hey, man, I really want to support, but maybe y'all should revamp your logo and make it smaller. They went in on them. Man, we making 100 million sales. You, you could just scroll. I'm like, bro, you got to be able to take the criticism. But I feel like we don't have to always announce we black. Like, with the podcast, I don't, I don't like, hey, we a black podcast. Like, no, we just a podcast. I want everybody to watch. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, like everybody. So when I hear criticism from other races, they like, man, I, I like your shit. Y'all say nigga too much. Yeah. If you stop saying it so much, I'll watch more of it. So in my mind, I try not to say it so much. You know what I'm saying? But how y'all feel about black people feeling like we have to announce black owned, black this, black that, and everything that we do? You go to Mercedes, it don't say white owned. Yeah. You go to Versace, it don't say white owned. It's just Versace. It's just Mercedes. I think, I think um, this is a tough one because I think, you know, you want to put your culture on. But at the same time, like you're saying, it could deter a lot of customers. And then a lot of people who put black owned on their on their businesses, it's not even really because they want to put the culture on. It's because they think that it's going to get them an automatic however many sales or automatic however many views. And then when they don't get that, they're like, oh, so y'all don't fuck with black people? Y'all don't fuck with your mm. own kind? It's like, it's not that. More people are looking at the quality of what you're making, whatever that is, you know, compared to the color of your skin. So you can be black and make FUBU at this point. But if the logo is, is not up to par with today's time, niggas ain't going to fuck with it. Simple as that. It was like the restaurants in Atlanta. Y'all niggas thought because you niggas was black, Keith Lee was going to go down there and just, and just like everything. Like, he gave his real opinion. You feel me? And niggas were hurt. And not only that, black-owned shit has a problem with taking the criticism. Y'all in the comments. Y'all are a, a whole-ass business. Y'all are in the comments fighting back and forth with regular people that are your consumers because they don't like something. You're trying to tell the consumers what they should like or not. I think that's that's stupid. But I, I agree with you saying that I want to be for everybody. Yes, I'm black. But I still want to have anybody come and be able to agree what I'm saying and look at me as a person that they could look up to and learn from, regardless of the color of my skin. And I think when you say, you know, black-owned to a certain degree... It puts you in a box. 
you know, and 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 I'm like I said again, I'm black, but I want to be for everybody. So I don't want to be just in one box. I don't want to get too deep on this because I can go down a rabbit hole because <laughs> of this shit. But um, I got a couple takes on it. I think a lot of people that do create black businesses sometimes, you know what I mean? We could be prideful and proud people at the same time to the point where it's like, I want to let you know that black people could do this too. Or black people, we proud like to to, to have our business and show you that that it's out there. But like y'all said, I feel like that deteriorates your, your, the people that you're reaching. Because even if you got people that might like your shit and they might not like black people and you might run them off just off of you being black, but they'll say, hey, well, I don't care about them type of customers anyway. Nah, all money in. Because that's, that's the end result of what you're making a business for anyway. So labeling yourself, it's like a... Sometimes you can look at it like somebody yelling outside, like, hey, we made it here. Like, are we doing this? Are we doing that? So I think that's a different conception of doing that. That's the only problem I get with that. It's like... When you drive up Slauson, they got the um, they got a billboard, and I and, and I despise that billboard. They say the Black Beverly Hills, and I don't like that because when you go to Beverly Hills, it don't say the White Beverly Hills. It just say Beverly Hills, and I feel like it's a mockery for Black people because you come up. Shout out to Slauson, nothing wrong with Slauson, but you got the Black Beverly Hills, and then everything is just different. You go to Beverly Hills, they got the white street signs, they got this, they got that, and it's just like, well, we appeasing y'all as black people. This, this y'all little spots, but it's not the same type of stores. It's not the same type of high-class hotels. It's not the same type of shit. So it's like, why would y'all even put that out there? But that's just my take on that. Yeah. Quality. Quality is what matters. Sometimes we get so focused on letting it be known that we black-owned. It's for black people. We lack on the quality. It's a reason Ralph Lauren is classic. You know what I'm saying? They they shit is high quality. You put that sweatsuit on, you get a different feeling. Then you go put some cheap shit on. And that motherfucker lasting for years. Mm -hmm. It's the quality. So naturally, people are going to pay the high price. Because what I see a lot is people saying, well, you don't mind going to such and such and paying the price to them, them other people. Yeah, but they shit be quality. Whether... We can say they don't like niggas or not. Hey, that's that's whatever. That's for you to figure out. One thing we can say, that shit quality. Because if you get one of them pieces, you got a timeless piece. That shit lasting for years. Whereas some of the, the black-owned shit, you watch that shit one or two times, it's over with. The logo coming off, the cotton fading. So we got to focus on the quality. Now, I know it costs money. This is why, like bro just said, all money in. It takes all of us to help each of us. We don't want just black dollars. We don't want just black viewers. We want all dollars. We want all viewers. It takes all of us to help each of us. So even though we black own, create quality to where other races of people will support you. Because I'm not going to buy nothing that says white owned, That's a fact. Hispanic owned. I'm not white. I'm not Hispanic. So automatically I'm put off. It ain't that I'm racist. It's okay. This for y'all. Nigga, I'm I'm black. I can't walk around with a hoodie that say white owned. I think. Oh, go ahead, my fault. <laughs> go ahead. I think too when you're when you're creating something, um, you have to think of it more so of take the skin color away, but characteristics of people, right? Like like black, white, Asian, Hispanic. We can all have some of the same characteristics. Like we could all like a certain type of material. You get what I'm saying? A certain type of fit. A certain type of embroidery. Like it doesn't have to be, oh, you're black, so you like this. Oh, you're you're Hispanic, so you like this. And I think that's why brands, unfortunately, like, you know what I mean, Ralph Lauren and um these other 
brands are successful because they take the race out of it and they're looking at it more so from a consumer standpoint of what does a consumer want without minus the color. Like what was some like Levi's jeans, bro? Niggas wear them when they 15 and they don't ever stop wearing them. And it's not because they're white owned. It's because they understood, okay, people who wear these, people who wear these, they're going to want the extra pocket maybe because they're they're working on construction or carpentry, whatever. Like, so they're, they're designing their clothes with everybody in mind for what they're going to use it for, not the color of their skin. Um, so again, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, being proud of being black and, and repping it. But to put yourself in a box out the gate and be like, oh, you know what I mean? I'm black on. This is it. It's going to, I don't know, it's going to cause problems. And then on top of that, you got to think about, then they got to overcompensate a lot of black owned businesses with the prices of things um, and the quality of things because they might not be making the income to give the quality. So then they got to raise the prices to make the income to increase the quality. And then that fucks with the consumer. So it's a lot that, it's a lot that goes into it. Look. What better way to shit on the opposition than to have them buying your shit? What better way? They don't know who owned this shit. They might not even like black people, but they like the product. They don't know it's black owned, but they spending that green money. That, that's how you get at them. You feel me? Have them supporting your shit unknowingly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, it's proud to be black. You see what the fuck I got in my head. I, I, I'm with that. I, I'm for us. You feel me? But we don't got to throw it in everybody's face. Because I don't really see nobody else really throwing it in our face like that. It's like, bro, they just living and succeeding. We can do the same. I know we got to overcome more obstacles than most. So for us, it's like once we get there, we want to let you know, like, yeah, nigga, we overcame all that and got there. But you feel me? It, it, it's like my football coach used to say, you get in the end zone, act like you've been there before. You know what I'm saying? It's a fact, too. Shit, money ain't black, white, Hispanic money is green. You feel me? I'm And that's, that's the and what if if I'm making a business, that's the only color I'm worried about. Right. Hey, this is a topic. This wasn't even on the topic list, but this is something I just felt we need to speak about in our culture. The power of failing. Now, people are like, how what the fuck you mean? Is power and failing? Look, failure is not the end. It's a stepping stone on the path to greatness. A man is great not because he hasn't failed. A man is great because failure hasn't stopped him. See, it's two sides to every coin. You cannot have success without the failure. You can look at business mogul after business mogul after business mogul, and they will tell you how many times doors were slammed in their face, how many times their businesses went upside down. But every failure, they got back up. From, from Jeff Bezos to, to fucking uh, who Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. To, to anybody, you look at the best of the best, they all got unlimited stories of how many times they failed, but now that they at the top of the mountain, they can look back and laugh and be glad that they got back up because the only thing stopping you is not giving back up. The road to failure and the road, the path to success is on the same road. Failure is just an earlier exit. You just got off earlier. You know what I'm saying? It's like that story they tell you. You had the man digging. He's digging for gold. Three feet from gold. Three feet from gold. He stopped digging. Somebody else came, kept digging. Bam, they hit the gold. He stopped too soon. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep going. You're going to get to where you're going. It just takes consistency. You think we got to where we at now with the podcast overnight? Bro, it was countless nights. I'm like, damn, man, ain't nobody even watching this shit. Who's getting three views? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, we putting out... 
We feel like we got the best content in the world. Two people watching it. Mm-hmm. 30 followers on TikTok. 100 followers on Instagram. And everybody I know. You know what I'm saying? So it was countless nights I'm up like, fuck. But then I kept going, I kept going, and boom, this shit cracking now. We got celebrities watching this shit now. The industry tapping in now. We would have never even reached this point had we gave up. Failure, failure is an illusion, man. Failure is just steps that you take to get to success. Everything we do, we fell in our way to success right now. So we're going to look back on these moments like, damn, I remember we was there. And every time, the constant repetition is what made us better. We learned what we need to work on. That's why I say the criticism, the constructive ways, the things that the men that we are becoming doing this every time and persevering is what's going to be that success that brings us to success. You have to become the person you want to be to get to where you see yourself. If you're not, if you're if you're doing music, you have to become a real musician to be a musician and looked at in a certain light. So as we're doing this, we're becoming better men in the operation of the things that we're doing to get to those points we're trying to reach. So you fail your way to success in anything you're doing. I don't care if you're hustling or whatever, you're looking for a job. You might get denied 10 times looking for a job. Now 11 times, you didn't got a 30 hour, $30 an hour job that didn't put you on, and now you you're looking up from there. So you know what I mean? There is no failure until you quit. I think that's a fact. And I think people need to understand you're going to fail a lot more times probably than you succeed. But it only takes that one success to put you on a road, you know what I mean, that's completely different and higher than you ever were going to be. So you got to be comfortable with failing. You got to look at it as a learning experience. And you got to stay present, most of all. Because when you're too consumed with your failures, you're never going to reach your success. You're never going to. You got to take your... Failures is a learning experience and stay present. And I think that's what we've all been able to do here is be like you said, I only got three followers right now, but fuck it. I record in two days. Let me focus on that. Let me focus on the content I'm going to put out that day. Okay, this this TikTok only got 20 likes. I got to post again in two hours. Fuck worrying about the failure because that's that's yesterday. You got to still work today and tomorrow. So you got to be focused on the present and that's going to continue to get you into the future. And eventually, you're going to hit that goal. So we got to be comfortable with failing. Michael Jordan, shit, he didn't even make the, the varsity squad. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? A lot of these people we know, uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, that, 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 was, that was a shit show before he fucked around and, and hit goal. A lot of us fail multiple times, and it takes that one time to succeed. But it wouldn't have happened if you would have given up after that, after that first failure. So it's important. And it... And it I think a man, you know, um, you can really see the character of a man by what he does after he fails. If you're going to give up after you fail, then you're never going to really get anything you want out of life. So you have to be able to persevere. I like that you said that. That's perfect because take Floyd Mayweather, for example. One of the top, if not the top boxer ever from a technical standpoint, one of the most, not the most successful boxer ever. Facts. From a financial standpoint, even he failed. It took for him to take that loss. I know y'all all seen the clip. It went viral all over social media where he cried. And after that moment, he never lost again. <laughs> so just imagine if he would have quit at that moment, like, damn, I failed. It's over. He would have never been Floyd Mayweather. He would have never been Money Mayweather. Just look at 50 Cent. One of the most successful hip-hop moguls in the game went from rapping to, to hosting the, some of the most successful shows on TV. What if he would have quit when he lost his first deal at Columbia when he got shot up? Like, damn, it's over. I got shot up. I got dropped. I lost my deal. It's a wrap. 
Bro could fuck around, could have been doing life or got killed staying in the hood, just giving up. He took that failure and let let him let it propel him to stardom, to success. We can go story after story. Look at Jay-Z. How many times the door got closed on him and Rockefeller to where he had to say, fuck, because we doing our own shit. Let's take this money. We getting off the block. We starting our own record label, putting our own album out. Greatest, one of the greatest rappers ever. A lot of people call him the GOAT. Billionaire status from a failure. Don't let the failure stop you. Like That's a cold slogan. You need to put that on the shirt. Fail your way to success. <laughs> oh, God, that's cold. It's, it's crazy, though, because they say Broadway only opens only opens the door for those that she feel deserves it. So after everything you go through, then they'd be like, all right, you good. You didn't, you didn't suffer enough. Let me let you in here. And now that's when all the floodgates open for you. Mm-hmm. And you just and you take off from there. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of people that quit, like you said, three feet from gold, and they'll stop right before she was finna open the door. Like now you do you asked out. You know what I mean? Back to square one. And also look at it like I tell people, like on a smaller level, anything you've ever wanted, you wanted to make the team, you wanted that job, you wanted that car, you wanted them shoes, you put your energy towards it, you end up getting it. You get what I'm saying? So regardless of how many times you failed or how many interviews you put in or whatever you did. Something you really want, you're going to have the energy for it. So even on a smaller level, that's what I say. Look at it the smaller level. You did whatever it took to get that car, whatever it took to get that job. Why can't you apply the same energy to, to make that business, to create that podcast? You feel what I'm saying? To do whatever it is that you want to really, really do to take you out of position you are right now. You got to apply the same energy. I want to use one thing, though. Focus, 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 focus. Focus is a key word that I like for us. It's a difference like... I don't know if you ever had like a, I'm not even going to use that analogy. Say if you had a camera, but the camera is moving everything, everything, the picture is blurry. But when the focus, you get that best shot, you get that clear shot mm. and everything is good. Like, like versus, I don't know if people had the magnifying glasses where you're trying to burn an ant or you burn the, the grass or something. And you, if you don't focus the magnifying glass, it, it won't do nothing. But when you keep it in one spot, it's like, it's like a laser beam that, 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 that just goes through. And that's the focus you got to have on the dreams or the goals or anything that you're chasing. Stay focused. Don't put your energy everywhere. If it's not aligning with the things that you want to do that make you happy, then don't do that. And focus at the end of the day is, like I say, follow one course until successful. Keep doing that. And that's why I feel like that's the power and focus. Bars. Bro can't drop bars. Bars. Hey, but look, yeah. a topic that you brought to my attention, I, I want to let you lead it because you know more about it than me, but this tied into a topic we had last episode about women not being held accountable for making false claims against men. Mm-hmm. And I just seen this with Melissa Ford and Cameron. Why don't you let the people know what's going on with that? So pretty much Melissa Ford, uh, she's a part of the Joe Bunny podcast now. Um, Cameron and Mace had a story about how they was in a in a um a brothel, a whorehouse, and they took a girl home, pretty much, and you know, they was they was running a, a train on her, having a threesome, whatever you want to call it. And uh they told the story. I think a lot of dudes thought it was funny and they laughed, but Melissa Ford got on the podcast and you know, pretty much said in this time period, um, for them to have that story was distasteful. But then she went on to say that and make claims that there was there could have been underage women in the whorehouse. And so to me that was super distasteful. One, because we're at a time right now where dudes are going to jail for something that did or didn't happen 30 years ago off of what somebody said. So for you to make a claim that there was underage women in there, and on top of that, you're Melissa Ford. So you're a video vixen, but people going to believe some of the shit you say. 
right? You got a platform. So we're in a time right now where, where niggas are, are losing money, losing careers over he said, she said from 40 years back. So for you to go up there and say that is crazy. You get what I'm saying? Completely crazy. And um, they got on her head about it. You feel me? As they rightfully should. Because, in a not, like I said, a not enough dudes or enough girls are condemning these people for coming out with these false claims. You just making shit up. And then on top of that, well, they said, well, where'd you get that from? Because she said she never even been in a whorehouse. So how would you know there's even underage women in these places? You just talking. Her response was, well, I'd be watching documentaries of, you know, sex traffickers and shit. Man, that's a... She on sci-fi. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not substantiated. So it's like, here you are with your big ass following on one of the biggest podcasts in hip hop, giving false claims to two dudes that you feel me are known figures in the game with everything that's going on right now. To me, it's crazy and shit. She deserved whatever, whatever was said to her, she deserves it, in my opinion. Yeah, that's deep. I ain't really got too much to say about that, because that'd be that. That's a lot of fuckery, like you said, to even have her on there and, and she just giving out opinions about nothing, really. I ain't, I ain't got too many words for her, man. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in the climate of today, the Me Too generation where men are literally walking on eggshells, especially if you're prominent, you got women coming out left and right saying that men did this 30 years ago, 40 years ago, men are being convicted or having to pay out and settle out of court just to get their name out the media. You can't do shit like that. You cannot do shit like that. You are causing a divide, not only against men and women, to say somebody dealt with underaged prostitutes in a, in, a, in a brothel or a whorehouse, and like Cam said, you ain't even from fucking America. You from Canada. And like he said, we were underaged at the time. Yeah. We was like 16 in there. So bitch, you just literally just fucking talking. And, and to say that in a room full of men, I don't feel they checked you hard enough. Man. And this is how... Ties back to Joe Budden again, because Cam is like, bro, we supposed to be cool. You know what I'm saying? Why you even put the footage out? That could have got edited out. You didn't need that shit in there. You wanted the ratings and the clicks and the views of that shit. But, bro, that's defamation of character. You basically called me a pedophile, more or less. <laughs> Bitch, that's serious. See, this when they go from entertainment to, hey, call some of the homegirls up. We're going to max this <laughs> bitch out. Where that studio at? Oh, insane. When she come out of there... Do what you do. I got the bail money, all that, lawyer money, whatever. But that's when the demonstrations come in. Because now you walk in a tight line of, is it entertainment? Or you, you fucking defaming my character to where now people looking at Cam, some women will be like, wait a minute, has this nigga ever fucked with underage women? Or like you said, you Melissa Ford. Yeah, you a video eviction. A lot of these whole ass bitches look up to you. Facts. The ones that want to be video evictions, so they might take what you say as the gospel, because you on Joe Budden podcast and Joe Budden put it out. See, so but, regardless, they might look at it as the truth. And that and that goes back to tie in with what you was talking about earlier. That's why niggas like Birdman feel the way they feel. You know what I mean? It might not just be podcasters. It might be people like that allowing stuff like that. So he probably don't even like you as a character or individual and feel like your intentions is not pure or what you're speaking on. You might be just throwing shots just to throw them. You get what I'm saying? So like you said, that's why sometimes people come out and be tripping over people. That's why it be a lot of rap beefs or a lot of things because everybody not playing that shit. You doing shit like that and then you might be unalived and then now the person is because you de defamed their character, assassinated their character. No, so, no, yeah. that's facts. Like, it's a fine line on what's media and what's going too far. It's like, you can't just say, oh, it was content. 
for everything. It's like, all right, now you playing games. Like, you using this to be derogatory purposely. Damn, they're trying to ruin my real life. But then you want to say, oh, it's just content. It's just content. No, everything ain't just content. You start bringing up people's kids, it ain't just content no more. You start talking about dead relatives, it ain't just content no more. You start dissing hoods and, and doing shit that can spill over and cause violence, it's no longer content. Content is when you speaking on what's going on in entertainment, what's going on in the headlines. Now, I could see if he would have made headlines for that, then it's like, okay, there's no holes barred on it because it's in the news now. But if it's some information the world don't know about and it's going to defame this person and you coming out, just bringing it up for no reason, especially when it's a lie. That's the worst shit ever. It's, the shit ain't even true. It ain't even like it was a rumor going around. Bitch, you just sitting on the couch like, what can I say to go viral? This, this is what we always talk about. You looking for a viral moment. Or you just put some shit in your head and put and made up some the whole story in your head about whatever story he told and decide to, to say whatever you said about it. Like, you just put some shit together and say, well, he probably not even knowing their age or whenever they talking about a time and they peer. You know, Mason Cam been knowing each other forever. Probably since they was damn near middle school probably longer than that so to even check timelines or do certain things and her being who she is i don't even know her like that like i said a video vixen only thing i remember her is from fucking game song or whatever <laughs> the case is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so that's that's crazy though but even back to like we say this where women don't hold other women accountable let that been a man or something a nigga would have been on a crucifix already they would have been hanging his ass you know no, what i mean for fact. saying some shit about a woman so no, that's, that's a, um, not no, good, bro. I'm just like, it's just like I said, it's crazy that we're in this time where people can make and like imagine if this did turn into some sort of investigation. Or imagine if some some girl does say, you know what, I'm finna get a payday. Let me let me make some story up and you know put myself in that brothel or wherever it yep. was, and now it's a case. Now niggas gotta give money up. Facts. Or 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 do a little time or whatever it is. So like she really didn't think about it at all. And she was just offended by what they said. And this is where it gets into these women that I think they want to just destroy men for some of the opinions they have or because, you know, they were having fun with the story that they told. Like, these are fathers. You feel me? These are these they're taking care of their family, mothers, grandmas, whatever the case is. And you could have potentially put them in a compromising position where now they might the, the breadwinner of the house might be gone now. So it is more serious. And, and she didn't even see. I don't think she really saw the the repercussions of what she did. You know, she was more so like didn't even really want to apologize. You get what I'm saying? Um, and to me, that's crazy because you could have potentially ruined some two dudes' lives. We know no about reason. that accountability, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like she was kind of already like she was kind of already like because everybody was on her. It was more so like, all right, never mind. I don't even really want to apologize, but um. They own her. And they been on her since. So yeah, she she apologized, but yeah. Cam didn't accept it. He said, "Fuck your apology." Yeah. Because why? Not nah, because you, because you had you had ill will intentions. And on top of that, like they said though, Joey, you didn't have to put that out. No, not at you all. Could, you could you could have edited that out, and y'all could have checked her whatever on scene, behind scenes, and that could have been prevented. We wouldn't even be talking about this shit to this day. Yeah, I don't even want to give her that much time. But see, this is why <laughs> this is why everybody don't need a voice. Some of these some of these. Bitches, you got to get them IQ tests. Nah, not shit no women, but they'll just say shit like that without thinking of the repercussions. It's like, you called this man a pedophile for no reason. They, they weren't even talking about, like, the bitch came out of nowhere. Like, I wonder if it was underage girls. What the fuck made you think of that? Yeah. That's some weirdo shit. 
Like, see, you can't do that type of shit on this platform because we are, right, bitch, you get your get shit, out. get up out of here. <laughs> you you, like, that's going to be on camera. We're going to put that out. You know what I'm saying? But moving along. Now, I don't know how to pronounce. I might fuck up the pronunciation of this. Du Bois. Du Bois. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a French word. It's a French name. Du Bois. Du, du Bois. There yeah, we go. Yeah, Good yeah. looking. Du Bois. No, no. <laughs> the double consciousness theory. The struggle... African-Americans face to remain true to black culture while at the same time conforming to the dominant white society. So this damn near ties into the topic we just talked about, about black people, you know, selling items or businesses and labeling it as black owned, mm -hmm. trying to stay true to our roots, to us, but at the same time conforming to the white dominated society and trying to fit in and be successful. So this is something I struggle with for years. For years, this tie into code switching, which we talked about in past episodes. I'm just now, over the last few years, getting comfortable with that because I had that mindset. Like, I'm black. I'm finna let it be known. I ain't changed for nobody. Fuck that. They finna change to me. Mm -hmm. But you can't be successful that way. Not in the integrated society. That's what you start to realize <laughs> as, you, as you grow more successful that, like, as you start to grow more successful, you realize that, like, it's not about, it's not about. And that's going to sound crazy, but it's not so much about the color of your skin and who you are when you get in these rooms. Because if you're in these rooms, then you've done something to be there. And I think, um, you know, it takes us out of a lot of rooms where we, where we want to feel like we want to attract to our race. But at the same time, you know, we want to get ahead or we we want to get ahead, but we don't want to have our race looking at us a certain way. So that's why you'll see people like, I'll never code switch because they don't want to get a certain type of opinion or be looked at a certain type of way from their culture. So they may never go accept the job that they could or get ahead because of that, right? So I think a lot of it comes into play. Or you got dudes who aren't really maybe street and they try to be street because they feel like if I go over here and be the bookworm or whatever, or just regular... I'm going to get laughed at. So let me go be, you know, over here, even though you're not really built like that. So I think we struggle with it a lot, trying to please both sides. Um, and it's a struggle, but you really just got to be yourself. Like you could be black and that's fine, but it's a time and place for everything. And I think we got to stop. And I think this theory, a lot of it comes from us, I guess, being so, how do I explain it? Like caught up. I don't even know how to explain a it. A lot of us are just conditioned, yeah. though. A mm -hmm. lot of us are conditioned to be a certain way and think that this has had to be my whole life. So when you're not elevating or you're not you're not becoming more of something in your life, you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna know how to adjust. You're not gonna know how to be in certain areas if you've never been there before, if you've never been on a job interview. Is it over? You're not going to know how to adjust. You're not going to know how to be a certain way. That's like somebody going to a job interview. And I had to learn a lot of these things myself, not being, not knowing certain things of it's a difference with a motherfucker that's coming in there with some slacks and a shirt on versus somebody coming in there with some jeans and a t-shirt. Nine times out of 10, that person, as soon as they come out, you already behind already. They're going to look at this person more as being fit for this job and prepared than you are. And that takes away the psycho, the mental, because a lot of us don't know how to adjust. But you, 
you have to adjust and you have to keep growth to be a certain way. Like you said, it's a time and place for everything. You go in a restaurant, it's not a time and place to act a fool like you act with the homies at the club. So it's, it's just it's just different. Regardless if you think you're doing it or not, you are doing it. You know what I'm saying? It just depends. I'm not going to be the same way with my homies that I act around when I'm with my moms out of respect, out of different things. So you do learn to adjust, and I just feel like it's a mindset that comes into play with that. Yeah, but I think it's a fine line between that and looking for the approval, Yeah, white approval. Fact. It's a lot of black people that live for white approval. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just being a stand-up human and getting the approval from that. Now, I don't live for white approval. I don't live for nobody approval. I, I live my life stand up with integrity, principles, and morals, and you're gonna respect that or you ain't. And shit, you nigga might gotta fuck around and demonstrate. It is what it is. But if you are a genuine human, a genuine person, you're gonna get the respect, period. Girlie. Because real always prevails. And you know what the real is. You could tell a difference. But stop thinking you gotta do everything and then look up like, oh shit, do the white people, is they cool with this? Oh shit, do, do the white people, they cool with this? Like, I done seen it to where we'll be kicking it, chilling, and then white people come around and everybody feeling uncomfortable and now they changing up. Now they switching up the way they talking or the way they, you know what I And this is like not no business setting. This is yeah. in public. Mm -hmm. This is just in public where you feel like they damn near your boss. So a lot of people have to decode themselves from that. They got to deprogram from that because it's naturally programmed in you Due to racism, because if you're black, you experienced it to where you're almost looking up at white people like, you know, that's the pinnacle because that's how society paints it through, uh, through programming, mm -hmm. subconscious programming, subconsciously white is looked at as superior. You know what I'm saying? No, so I, you, you got to deprogram. And that's what I want to say, too. I feel like this theory comes from us comparing or putting black with bunch of the negative stereotypes that we have. I feel like that's why the double double consciousness theory even exists is because a lot of us attach the negative things that we do as a culture to being black. If you get what I'm saying. Thanks. So I think the you know what I mean, the acting out or just whatever whatever stereotypes there is that we have, that's what a lot of us attach to being black and so people try to shun that or think that's what you're speaking on, but in reality like again, you have black people that are prominent Black people to act like everybody else. Like, you feel me? You either on that type of time or you're not. You either, you feel me, disrespectful, ain't got no home training. It don't matter what race you are. Every race got somebody in it with no home training who 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 acts ass, you feel me, who doesn't respect waiters, doesn't respect their culture, makes their culture look bad. So I think black people have to stop attaching the negative so much of what we do to being black. Because it's a whole other side to being black. And I think that's where the double consciousness theory comes from, is people feel like, hey, how are we talking right now? This don't make you stupid because you talking the way you're talking or because you got the pick in your head or we got the fitted hat on or whatever. That doesn't make you stupid. But people have attached things like that to negativity in our culture almost where it's like, let me, you feel me? Like the niggas who don't want to wear dreads. They can't wear dreads at work. That's That's been something that's been attached to a negative within our culture, even though it's just hair. You get what I'm saying? We got a whole bunch of different things. Sneakers. You go to certain jobs, they won't let you wear sneakers. They look at that as it's some it's some hood shit. It's sneakers. It's shoes. That don't make you any less of of a black person or or a bad person because you have on certain apparel that we like to rock. You feel me? That's part of our culture. So we take a lot of things and we attach it to the negativity in our culture. And I think that's where we get this theory. 
So then we go ahead and we hide all that when really we should be putting it out there because it, it doesn't change anything about you. I take Nipsey Hussle, perfect example. Nigga did everything, Cuban link, everything. Smart as fuck. Same person, don't matter. And respected everybody and got respect from everybody. So I feel like we got to stop, to a certain degree, tucking our tail when we do get around these white people in these white places because a lot of the things that these white people or white America is looking at as negatives, it has no no weight on if you're a good person or not or if you're able to do your job better or not. It's just a part of our culture, what we wear, how we talk, things like that. That doesn't necessarily mean you're you're stupid or, or any less, you know what I mean, capable to do the job. I look at it from a, a, a deeper standpoint. I feel like the effects of us has been... It's been done a lot of damage to us of not knowing ourselves as a people, as a whole. A lot of a lot of us as black people don't even understand the greatness that's within us. They don't understand the things that's inside of you that's, that 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 the white people, I should say, or other races know. They see the greatness in us more than we see in ourselves. And I think by us not even knowing that, that everybody wants to do the things that we do or the things that we've invented, the things that black people have came up with, not knowing your history and knowing your greatness make you feel less than when you're in a society that's treated differently. Regardless of what you say, me being dark-skinned, I experience it every day. It don't matter, like, regardless. But I know myself, so it affects me different. That goes back to the detachment shit we're talking about. But I understand when I walk in a certain way and if they follow me around the store. And I understand if I go here, I got to speak a certain way for them to respect me and respect my mind before nine times out of ten looking at me, they're going to judge me off the dribble. So understanding these things and being able to decipher and dissect from that. And when we overcome these things, a lot of this shit that that we despised about, people couldn't live a day in our shoes, let alone, you know what I mean, living it for years. So I think a part of that is why we adjust because we've been domesticated. We've been programmed to think and believe certain things. And a lot of people don't even know what the fuck to believe. They're erasing our history so much. I'm starting to see a lot of video streaming of Yahshua being dark skin mm -hmm. a lot of pictures of people putting this information out and and people are happy to see it and on top of that it was white people carrying the portraits of them so i'm like i wish i had that video to upload it maybe then the next episode i know i got it in my archives but like i say too black too strong man and like i say i rep my whole race regardless of where i'm from belong be stand up that part yeah. right there hey and let me let me just address this real quick too now to the people that's rocking with us we love y'all. You feel me? We appreciate the support. Keep it coming. But understand, it is going to be times where we might want to indulge in some topics that you may feel we are above or, you know, it ain't it ain't super high power. It might just be us wanting to just, you know, pop a little shit and see what's going on with the industry. Understand, we don't always got to be serious all the fucking time. Life is about balance. We like to talk shit, too. Now, we is going to give you this high power game, you feel me? Because that's what we specialize in. But... If we want to talk shit about what's going on in music or sports, don't take that shit so personal. We still human too. You know what I'm saying? We still real regular people. You know what I'm saying? Just like y'all. We like to have fun with shit too. But yeah, I just felt like they damn near trying to box us in. And that's why I let it be known from the first episode, this is real raw, uncut, and no topic is off limits. You know what I'm saying? We'll talk about anything. But how, yeah. No, that's a fact. Um... I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, shit, I, you feel me? Like, that's that's exactly how I feel. Nothing's off limits. Uh, we don't want to be boxed in. We want to be able to talk about what we want to talk about. Um, we want to be able to be high power, but also be lighthearted. 
you know, we want to be shit, jack of all trades, you feel me? But of course, the main objective is to to spit game and give knowledge, but it's going to be times, just like you said, where, where we just doing our thing, so... Yeah, we here to bring awareness. We here to we here to sometimes it's all different perspectives. We all view the world differently. Nobody's going to view the world the same. We give lens, we we drop our opinions or on our facts, and we trying to give y'all a different perspective or even show our own people a different way. We trying to even make it a different way to where they understand that everything that we don't do is have to be more so from suffering or coming from a place of just pain all the time because we come from a lot of that in in our environments of being self-destructive and that shit not always cool i don't know no person that i know that's in prison or that's dead that ever tell me nothing about the things that we doing was cool 10 20 years ago now i don't knock nobody for doing what you do live your life however the best you live in and feel whatever's right for you but just know it's more to life go travel go make money go take them trips Go make that song. Go do whatever. Fuck the age. Fuck all that shit. They gonna knock you for everything, but it don't matter because them opinions when you in the grave is not gonna fucking matter. None of that shit is gonna matter. And all them opinions that's got more opinions is, is gonna be long gone. And the thing on that on that grave site is what you left, what the mark you left in this world. So just keep doing what you're doing. Face the world like Nipsey Hussle say. Bars. Hey, you fuck a battle rap? I used to low key back in like back in the day. I said like 2000. 12, 13, but I haven't, I haven't looked Damn, that nigga said 2012. He went back, man. I, I, I haven't fucked with it in a minute. I nah? Know, nah? Yeah, they got an event tomorrow. I wanted to talk about it, but you don't fuck with it. So I, I know he probably don't. You fuck with it? Yeah, come on, cuz. I don't even know how you can get at me like that. Nah, that's nah, crazy. I mean, I mean the new, I'm the not, new I'm, ones. I'm not, I fuck with them. I ain't up to date like I yeah, used to be I mean. like, that's yeah, but but I I watch them. I watch them every time they come out. It, yeah, might, it, might, it might catch me a little flack, but on myself, I just been detaching from a lot of that shit mm. in general, really reprogramming my mind, you know what I'm yeah. saying, to engage and enlighten myself to elevate a little bit. So I haven't really been on nothing for our socials and none of that shit. Yeah, you know, murder mook battling tomorrow. So oh yeah, nigga, you know a nigga got to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. order that. Nigga, for fuck sure. with mook, mook a legend. Shout out yeah. to mook. But uh, how much time we got? We got a wrap. Oh, we got a wrap. That's okay, a wrap. for sure. Yeah. Hey, look, thank y'all for coming to another one. Look, I done forgot the camera was even on. You feel yeah. me? Make sure y'all share, like, subscribe to the channel. Keep us going up. We going crazy right now. Best podcast in the world, bar none. We claiming that. We banging that. We kept telling y'all we was coming. We here now. It's official. Hell yeah, man. Like we always say, we're here to lead the way. And wish y'all health, wealth, prosperity, and all that good shit, man. Long Easy. Beach, stand up. Long Beach, we, we, we here. Long Beach is in the building. Shout out DW Flame, too. Uh, he was just on the Nick Cannon, the Rise to Stardom. Uh, they had him on VH1. Let me stop saying um, trying to eliminate them filler words. But shout out <laughs> to my bro, DW Flame, you feel me? He got the set looking good out there, you feel me? VH1. Shout out Nick Cannon, too. He putting real ones on. Yes, sir, man. Disorderly conduct, the viral way. Like Messiah said, we're going to lead the way. Every time we speak, it's unique. Bars. Man. <laughs> Ain't no handouts. I did it from the ground up. Yeah. In the streets, dug in hardest where they found us. Got a problem, nigga. Watch my troopers mount up. My bitches bang, too. And you a lame, though. You niggas ain't outside. Yeah, we came through. You want your lights up? We put you on the shelf.